Hello, Dr. Shannon White, and welcome to the Tick Bootcamp Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast, but even more exciting than just having you, I also have one of my favorite people in the world as my co-host, or maybe I'm her co-host. We have uh, Tiara Smith on again, and uh, one of the things that uh, our community knows is anytime we have Tiara as a co-host, we have a larger number of downloads. So not only is she back because I love her, but she's also back by popular demand. So Tiara, say hi to the folks. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I didn't realize there were there's an uptick in uh, downloads when I'm on here. So happy to help. <laughs> well, no, it, it, is, it is always awesome to have you. And yes, you do create an uptick. So Tiara, why don't you uh, take Dr. White through uh, her journey? Yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, uh, Dr. White, thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm so excited to share my knowledge and connect with other people in the same community. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's um let's uh without further ado, I guess we'll just dig right into it. So, first and foremost, I'd love to know a little bit about you, um your background, where do you come from, um kind of and how you got kind of started into things. Yeah, so I um grew up, well I was born in Iowa. So I currently reside in West Des Moines, Iowa, which is a suburb of Des Moines, the capital. Um, growing up, we moved many places. Um, I remember at one point growing up, we lived in Kansas and we had woods back for a house. And I, I was not the girl that was teacup party, right? I was in the woods, in the dirt, which also meant I came back, right? And I remember always getting, you know, pulling off the ticks and all the things, right? Even back, you know, back in the day with that. And so we've lived at different places, been exposed to a lot of different things. Um, then eventually I decided, um, I remember in high school really, I really decided like, I really want to be a chiropractor. I loved health. I loved biology. I just, I loved all of that. Math and science were definitely my thing. I always joke and say I come from a family of <laughs> teachers who are like reading in English teachers, but I cannot spell and I don't know where <laughs> commas go. So that's terrible, right? Um, I was totally the math, right? The math and science geek that I loved that stuff. And so I had a lot of sports injuries myself growing up. And I remember even in high school being um, diagnosed with sports induced asthma. And so I spent a lot of time at my chiropractor's office and I just said, I think that would be a really cool job, right? One, it's an opportunity to be your own boss. I thought that was cool. <laughs> and again, like I said, I loved anatomy, physiology, and just like the idea of helping people in a different way. And, and because I'd been through so many running injuries myself, I got to see that process. So then I went to um, a uh, private college here in Iowa um, knowing, you know, being a biology major, knowing that I was then going to go to Palmer Chiropractic School here in Davenport, Iowa. Um, I then basically, after graduating, um, went and practiced somewhere else for a little while and then decided I really wanted to be back in Iowa where my family was. It's funny because I feel like when you're younger, right, you want to get as far as ways you can. I always figured I was going to be living by the beach and all of those things, right? But <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get to a certain point, you're like, well, maybe family's nice to have around, right? Mm -hmm. And so I decided to come back to Iowa. And a, a good friend of mine from high school, who we also went to chiropractic school with, we decided to open a practice here in West Des Moines together. Um, a couple years into practice, um, 
our um, Iowa Chiropractic Society offered acupuncture classes um, by a gentleman named Zev Meyerowitz. And I decided, you know what? I love learning things. I'm kind of a a learning junkie, right? I just love diving in and learning new things. And so I thought, I'm going to go learn acupuncture. And so I started doing acupuncture classes and it's just been very interesting, my journey and learning and how everything has kind of fallen into place with me. Um, I love the outdoors. I've been an avid runner for many years, um, did some marathons, did those type of things too. Um, I'm currently married. I have two kids, they're eight and 10 and (laughs) <laughs> Those kids, I always say, unfortunately, were born into my world of natural health, <laughs> which is a great thing. But, you know, they complain about mom and not letting them eat all the sugar and the things, right? They'll thank you later, though. They'll thank you I, later. I, hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah. So I, uh, I first of all, I think that's amazing um, that you kind of, uh, you know, started getting into the world of natural health and then doing so you kind of you know, followed suit with your, with your kiddos and kind of brought them into it as well. And so with that acupuncture falls right in line with things. And so um really curious about when you talk about like natural medicine versus kind of what you started to do from a chiropractic standpoint, what were some of the differences that you saw in terms of, of treatment? Well, it was very frustrating for me. I feel like in chiropractic school, I'll kind of back up a little bit, you know, we were taught you adjust the body. It's very self-healing, right? Like, you know, but the problem that I started learning and I wholeheartedly believe this now is the world we live in, it's not enough. And right. It's just not enough. The things we used to do are not enough. And so I got tired of seeing these people coming in with the same complaints. So that's where I decided, well, let's try learning acupuncture. Let's add acupuncture to the chiropractic to see how people responded. And I definitely saw a difference, but yet there was still something missing. Like people were still coming back in with these same patterns and the same things going on. And, and so it, like I said, it really made me dig deep into find out what's going on. And so I started using a lot of herbs. That was the first thing in my practice was um, with my acupuncture training. Um, I became an herbalist as well. And I really, I really saw the, how adding herbs to the acupuncture, you know, gave it another lift, another notch too. And I've always kind of explained acupuncture is about moving energy in the body, but sometimes if the energy isn't there to move, (laughs) you can't get somewhere either. Right. And so herbs and different things were a way to put that energy into the body. Um, And then, like I said, Zev was my acupuncture teacher. And at the end of uh, all of our acupuncture classes, he would have uh, an EAV machine, which stands for electroacupuncture voltage, right? And so he would have this machine, he would bring in some of our really problem patients that we had and test them. And we got to see what he did, what the plan was. And even though it didn't technically have anything to do with acupuncture, he was still using the meridians to map out the body. And I thought this was like the coolest thing ever. Not really thinking that that's something that I was going, a path I was going to down, right? But again, it was another thing where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing chiropractic, I'm doing acupuncture, we're still missing things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started to bring those things into my office. And I use a lot of herbs, homeopathy, and whole food supplements. Yeah. So I want to touch on something uh, previously that you said that I thought was interesting. So you mentioned the idea of 
with your traditional practice, it was not enough for the modern world that we're in. And for me personally, it made me think about um, environmental toxins and things like, right, our world is anything but natural these days. So can you touch a little bit on what you mean when you said it's not enough? Yeah, I mean, it's our food lacks the nutrients, right? Like our soils depleted. Absolutely. Our, Our vegetables are depleted. The animals eating the vegetables are, you know, depleted. And I jokingly say like, again, I'm in Iowa no matter how much poop you spread out on that field, it's not replacing the minerals because the animals are not eating the right food for the poo to have it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great, and you, you represented the whole circle of nutrients there. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. No, thank you for, for touching on that. I think, um, I think that's also a really key component um, in general, no matter what's being healed. Um, we live in an unnatural environment. Um, and so that definitely is something uh, to consider, regardless of what type of treatments that you're doing. So it sounds like um, the homeopathy, um, the herbalism really kind of filled in the gaps. Could you touch on that a little bit? Yep. So, um, yeah. So again, like I said, we're just so depleted, right? Everybody's depleted. And then the other thing too, I will say from a nutritional standpoint too, is a lot of these chemicals and a lot of these heavy metals are binding to the receptors where the nutrients is supposed to go. Right. So it's blocking it. And so, um, I just found ways, right. With nutrition and binders and different things that you have to work on the body too. And I, I truly believe the, one of the biggest reasons we have a problem with Lyme or anything or cancer or anything is because of the toxins and the, the lack of nutrients in our food, because our bodies can't function like it's supposed to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I, that is so true. Um, I think that's kind of the, the missing F if you will, but a lot of people mention is, you know, nutrition plays a huge role. We are what we eat. And that really isn't something that changes. Um, you know, the food that we eat really does fortify our bodies or continues to contribute to the problem. So I really appreciate you, rec- um, I'm sorry, uh, recognizing that particular part of, of health and the contribution to whether it's Lyme or any other type of condition. Um, so you touched on a machine um, that you mentioned that your acupuncturist um, kind of started to tell you about, and it it worked on the meridians. Can you touch base on a little bit about what that machine is, um, what it helps you detect? Yep. So it's called the reflex E system. It is simply an ohm reader. And so the electricians and engineers will completely know how that works, but it's a circuit. And so what happens is um, the patient will hold like a mallet that has a wire that goes into this box. And the other end of the boxes, there's another wire that comes out with another mallet with this plastic with another tip. And on the tip, I put a wet Q-tip there. I mean, this is a very, very simple, simple mm-hmm. machine. Um, <laughs> what happens is I use that Q-tip and I touch points on the fingertips and the toes, which are the what's called the gene well points, the ends of the meridians. And so on that box is a meter and you get to see where it goes. So it's a type of a biofeedback. In a way, it's similar kind of to like muscle testing, but you get to see it. So I can literally touch a meridian and it'll go to a certain point and I can take it off and I can go right back and you can see how it repeats. And then within this circuit, there's a plate. And what happens is on this plate, you can put herbs, you can put homeopathy, you can put different things on the plate. And the idea is it's supposed to balance the meridians. If it balances, 
there is benefit to it, right? So an example, I always say, like, take parasites. There's about a gazillion things out there to kill parasites, right? (laughs) So many things. And so this is a way that I narrow down, what does your body right now want to kill parasites, right? And so what happens is one of the companies that I use their product is called Desbio, and they have a test kit. And within the test kit are these vials of the imprint of the dead DNA of different viruses, bacteria, different things. And so I actually take this vial, put it on the plate, and it's a way for me to actually test to see if Lyme stresses them out, if Bartonella, if Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, if it's H. pylori. And so it's a way for me to figure out is that stressing out the body? Because truthfully, we're full of stuff, right? We have so many viruses and bacteria. It's not what do you have? It's what's stressing out the body, right? Like there's the things, but what is stressing you, right? And every Lyme patient I've ever met has, might have similar symptoms, but there'd be so many different things that are causing them, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a way that I weed through it. And You know, I've had patients come to me before that have a positive Lyme test, which one, they're lucky because that's hard to get. (laughs) Um, But number two, I sometimes will test them. I'm like, guess what? I actually don't think Lyme is your worst problem. It might be mold. It might be mold. And so we start treating mold and they get better. We don't touch Lyme, right? So it's just Mm -hmm. interesting. And it's just a different way to analyze the body. Okay. So I want to go back because I know that's a little bit of terminology, but when you mentioned meridians, can you touch base on what you mean by that in terms of the, the body and the alignment of the body? Yep. So meridians are lines of energy that go up and down. So they have nothing to do with like a nerve root. So meridians have an organ name, like lung, large intestine, small intestine, liver, gallbladder. Um, but what happens is all of these acupuncture points on the body are found along these meridians. And so when you're looking at it from an acupuncture standpoint, I always say acupuncture is, you know, it's, if it's about pain, you don't put the needle where the pain is. Mm-hmm. You put the needle in the spot to tell the body to do something. And so what happens is on the fingertips and toes, like I said, it's the gene well, it's the ends or the start of the meridians. And so that is what we use to kind of map out the body. Interesting. That is very interesting. I know in, even in doing a couple of other podcasts, I've never heard somebody talk about that. So that is very interesting. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, um, so you mentioned a couple of things as it relates to Lyme patients, and I'd love to kind of go backwards a little bit and see how did you get there? How did you get to, from chiropractic, right, to the Lyme world, the very, the very yeah. different two worlds? How did, how did yeah. you kind of transcend to one another? So Um, again, you know, like I said, I started as a chiropractor, right. Then I went into the acupuncture. Well, during acupuncture class, um, my teacher was, you know, trying to educate us on Lyme. And this is also because I am from Iowa and we were always told there is no Lyme in Iowa, right? That's only in the Northeast. What everybody (laughs) says. Right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Eyes are open. That's ridiculous. But, um, and so I, I always joke about how, you know, he would start talking about Lyme. Well, that was my time to check my emails or play on my phone or get on Facebook, right? Because I was like, I don't need to learn about Lyme. I'm in Iowa. Well, <laughs> funny story. That was not in the cards for me. That was not the plan, right? Um, and I always say I never got into this. I never really 
thought, oh, I want to practice, you know, that has a lot of lime in it. it. Like I said, it kind of fell into my lap, but because of my personality, I have to figure things out <laughs> and I don't like giving up and I'm going to keep researching and finding new things. Right. And so that next week I had um, a teenage boy come to my office that was referred by another chiropractor um, a couple hours away. He was deathly ill, bedridden. Um, his parents and this other chiropractor thought he was on the verge of suicide because he was so sick and he was miserable migraines every, it was just bad. And that chiropractor knew that I had done some training and I used, as he called it, this doodad machine <laughs> to figure out what was going on. And um, so he came to my office and my acupuncture teacher also taught me that there's a pattern for Lyme in the meridians that gets stressed out. It's not definitive. It's not definitive when the pattern shows up, but it's suspect, right? And so this kid sits down first thing that happens is that line pattern shows up. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. Oh no, we have yeah. lots. <laughs> oh and gosh. so I remember, you know, next week at class, I was paying attention about line. <laughs> <laughs> you said no Facebook this time. I'm listening. <laughs> I was all years. What do I do? Right. And yeah. I even, I had taken notes and I went back and looked at all my notes and figured out, right. And you know, I think with Lyme, there's a lot of trial and error, right? And it's, and nobody's the same and everything's different and people respond differently. But this, this kid responds so quickly. And what I did is I um, used a homeopathic protocol. I had some uh, herbs mixed in and then some supplements. And I just, again, I used my machine. I tested him and about every four to six weeks, he came back into my office. We retested to see what's the next step, right? Nothing's ever stagnant with Lyme. And health, right? And health is about layers. And what are we getting to as we go? And so this was what, uh, a thing that we did with him. And like I said, within six months, he was back at school. Life went on. And it was the most cool thing I'd ever seen. And I decided at that time, like, I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on behalf of the community, thank you for doing that. And like yeah. you mentioned before, being very persistent and having the personality of digging, um, because we definitely need people like that um, here in the community to, to help continue to show these secrets and these things that can help people kind of begin to heal and as you mentioned a little bit before, even before this podcast of us talking of like, once you have one patient, right, that things go well, everyone else is like, oh my gosh, like floodgates just completely flood in because everybody wants help in this community. So can you talk about, it sounds like that was kind of an ideal situation where within six months he was kind of back yeah. up and running. So have you had anybody that maybe perhaps you've hit a wall, so to speak, oh. where, you know, it wasn't so simple? Absolutely. <laughs> I wish they were all that easy. I <laughs> kids though, turn around so much faster than adults. Right. I just, right. I always say kids get a cold. They're better in two days and it takes us two weeks. Right. That's just, you know, our immune systems. Right. Now that's not even true for all kids either. There's a lot of other, you know, things involved, but no, I would say now most of the patients that I work with, if they don't see some change in two months, I'm shocked. Now change doesn't mean better. And I always say, what is a hundred percent? Do any of us feel a hundred percent? I think that's hard <laughs> to know. Right. Mm -hmm. But I say change in two months. Right. But most people you're talking about a minimum 
nine months to a year, right? Sometimes it's longer. It depends on how much gunk is in the body and all the different barriers and things that they have to work through. Um, I have some patients that I end up having to say, like, I think you need to do emotional work, right? Because that can be a barrier to healing too. And I know, and I always tell them, like, I know I'm not saying it's in your head and you're crazy because they've been told that so many times. Like that is not, this is not that this is something different, right? This is a trapped motion trauma, something going on. Right. Yeah. So, um, kind of in, in going through a lot of this, it sounds like you started to see a lot of different patients. So was it, you know, the point when you first had that patient um, that got better in six months, was that kind of the point where you were like, wow, Lyme is a huge problem or it's so convoluted or did that kind of occur beforehand or after? Nope. It was after. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. What, what happened that made you kind of realize that? Well, after, so, okay. After I, he got better, you know, the mom started telling people, not even just Lyme patients, just people. Right. And I started, I call it playing with patients in my office that it had health issues. And, you know, we all need guinea pigs when we're learning. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I I'm not going to always tell them they're my guinea pigs, but, <laughs> but we all, right. So I would take a handful of my patients say, you know, I'm learning this new stuff. I would love it. I would say, I'm not even going to charge you. I just want you to come in so I can practice. And holy cows, that Lyme pattern just started showing up so much oh, with yeah. these people with chronic things. And that's where I was like, yeah, this is, this is crazy. And so, you know, it's interesting too. One of my first ways of really researching Lyme was actually joining Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I was like, you know, there's research <laughs> and then there's clinical and then there's the people living it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I read research and I was like, okay, that's great. But what's really happening. Right. Absolutely. And so I was a fly on the wall. I did not participate in these groups, but I just sat and I listened. What are the common themes? What are the common patterns? And then it's interesting over the years of how I test is that half the time when people can come into my office and they have certain symptoms, I could almost tell you which co-infections are going to show up because it's a, such a common thing that happens. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's, I said, like I said, <laughs> Facebook, as much as I, you know, <laughs> it is, yeah. I call it. Facebook has done wonders for my practice only for the fact that it's how I learned. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The Facebook groups, I feel like, and I, I want to say too, I, I appreciate that you, you see the value in the Facebook groups and the anecdotal evidence, yeah. uh, not just kind of the theoretical, here's what's in the research. I think when you see people who are learning themselves, treating themselves or helping other people, there's so much, so much immeasurable knowledge um, that can come from that. Um, and so I wanted to ask, is there um, anything like during this time of like treating patients that you feel like um, interrupted your plans as far as like, okay, this patient comes in, maybe you, you've, you've had them tested and you're like, okay, they've got Lyme. Where do you start? And then have you hit a wall at some point when it comes to like the plan you had in place for someone? Yeah. So um Again, I start by testing them. Like I said, we map out the meridians and then I figure out what co-infections. And so, um, like I said, I use, I, and it's different. So what I, I've been doing this for 12 years 
And what I did 12 years ago versus what I'm doing now is different, right? Things change. We evolve. We learn more things. So like I said, there's, there's so many things that I wish I could go back and just redo, but can't. Right. (laughs) Um, And so it's, it's been, like I said, it's, it's kind of starting off with these homeopathic series therapies they're called, right? And what they are, they are no sods with the imprint of the dead DNA of the Borrelia, of the Babesia or whatever it is. And so I would use those um, with herbs um, and I would start people on them. And what would happen is there's, um, I mean, do you want me to kind of get into a little bit of the Desbio and how it works so it makes sense? Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, so what happens is Desbio uses these, um, they're called um, symptom relief kits, SSR kits. And like I said, imprint of the dead DNA. It has a little bit of organic ethanol that the FDA makes us put in there and water. That is it. So what I tell patients is if you take that vial and you drink it, it is not going to give you Lyme. It is also not going to kill Lyme. The theory behind them is you take these vials and the first month you take them, they go one through 10. Then the second month you go 10 down to one. Think of it as ramping up your immune system, calming it down, almost like a bell curve. And the whole theory behind it is it triggers a Th1 and a Th2 response to create an antibody. So we know Lyme deactivates the memory B cells. And when you don't have memory B cells, you can't create a T cell response to create antibodies. So think of it as bypassing the system to create an immune response. And then what happens is you take what's called a 1 impotency and a 10 impotencies. Now, this is homeopathic terms, and I don't know how familiar you are with that. <laughs> but I'll give homeopathy is interesting. <laughs> and in homeopathy, the more dilute a remedy is, the more powerful it is. Hmm. And I like, I like to think of it as, okay, if it's more dilute, think of it as it's smaller, it's going to go deeper into the immune system. So think of it as your body has all these co-infections and all these things buried at different layers in your immune system, right? So when you take these vials, you're, you're hitting these different things, right? As you go deeper with it. And so that's kind of how that works. And they're called series um, kits. And then there's what's called the 1M. And then, like I said, 10 impotencies. And it takes a good six to nine months to work your way through those vials. But the whole idea is to make your immune system target it. So think of it as almost like immunotherapy, right? But it's very targeted. And then it's kind of like, I call it like, I don't like to give this example, but kind of like allergy shots, right? Like you're reintroducing something to the body to correct the immune response. Mm-hmm. And so that is the whole idea with it. And Um, Like I said, it works great for some people just because um, of the whole idea that you're using your immune system. Okay. That's very interesting. And I, you know, the idea of the immune system is such a a hot topic, if you will, for a lot of people in this community, because unfortunately our immune systems are just not, not where they need to be to fight off the the invaders, so to speak. Right. Um, So like you said, it it works pretty well for some people and for other people, maybe not as well or not as quickly. Um, And so in that case, do you continue to follow the course or do you pair it with something else? Right. I know you mentioned a couple of other kind of modalities and for a lot of people in this community, it's all about, you know, putting certain things together to make them all work and make your own individual plans. So could you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I will. So I will tell you when it comes to Lyme itself, I think it works really well, but in my opinion, I don't think Lyme's hard to get under control. It's the (laughs) co-infections that can be way more stubborn, right? Um, And so um, 
I definitely use some Chinese herbal formulas. I use a lot of golden flower Chinese herbs as well. Um, but I would say most people, I feel like where they get, where they go wrong with Lyme is over-focusing on Lyme alone, hmm, right? Interesting. So many, so many people fail to recognize, do I have parasites? Do I have heavy metals feeding it? And so what happens, and I, I experience this a lot, and it's very frustrating in my office when I have somebody that comes and, and they're like, no, we're going to just do Lyme. I don't want to do all that other stuff. We're just going to do Lyme. I will tell you most of the time it doesn't work because <laughs> there's so many other things suppressing the immune system. Right. Yeah, and if the whole idea of Desbio is to stimulate the immune system, which we take a lot of herbs and different supplements to support the immune system, how are you going to make that happen too? So we'll veer off sometimes and do um, some different protocols. I use a lot of Cellcore products with my protocols as well, too. I love, I love their stuff for mold and parasites, but I love, love Desbio for their series kits. And I think together they're very, very powerful. So it's just like I said, sometimes we might steer one path and all of a sudden we hit that wall and have to be like, okay, we might be going after the wrong stuff, right? Let's step back, right? And work on drainage work on, you know, just supporting the body more. And then let's see where we're at too. Yeah. So if you do have some of those other um, things arise outside of even co-infections, right? If you've got, let's say Lyme, but perhaps mold is an issue, or if let's say you've got um, Lyme and there's some other issue. I know you mentioned the lymphatic system, which is very important in terms of, you know, it's your body sewer system, right? Um, so when do you, do you kind of like decide, so let's use mold, for example, would you decide to tackle mold first or would you kind of do things simultaneously or is that on a case by case basis? Totally case by case. I test everybody. I always say I use my machine as a tool. I use my head as a clinician. And I also know the patient knows their body better than either of those things. And so our plans are very different, I will say. Um, and just like I, I have found more times than not that some people go after heavy metals and parasites way too soon and their body gets into a tizzy because the parasites, when they die, vomit the Lyme and the viruses into the system and it makes people flare really bad. But that's not the case for everybody, right? I would say that's the majority of my patients, but some of them were hitting some mold first and then we keep an eye on Lyme, right? It's just everybody's different. Interesting. And I didn't think about it in that, in that way, as far as from a chronological perspective, you know, if you're, if you're hitting heavy metals first, you're not taking care of the parasites that have also ingested some of those heavy metals that will then release them. So you're just ending up in a circle at that yeah. point. So yeah. that's, that yeah, I was saying a lot of the people who go after parasites and get so sick, it's because their body's so inflamed. And when that purge and that histamine response happens, they can't tolerate. So some patients, even though I know the parasites are horrible, we have to work on a little bit of the lime, a little bit of the mold, some of the other things first so that they can tolerate it. Interesting. Yeah. And when you mentioned the idea of tolerance, and it makes me think about some people when they're treating, regardless of what they're dealing with, their first inclination is to say, well, wait a minute, I'm getting worse right? I don't know if I'm able to tolerate anymore. And a lot of times what I have found personally and some other people I have heard is, you know, you feel worse before you feel better, but it's like, at what point do you say this is maybe perhaps like Herxheimer reactions or we're on the right path. Let's keep going. Yeah. So I will tell you with Desbio, you often will have Herxheimer reactions. One of the beauties though, I always tell my patients to keep in mind is when you have a die-off reaction, 
and you're taking the imprint of the dead DNA, the only thing that is killing anything is your immune system. Mm, okay. so, so yes, it's a little rough and that's, I know that's, it's hard, but the other thing is um, Desmond Bio makes some amazing supportive homeopathic things to help counteract it. Like they have a dropple called Herx that's meant for Herxheimer's, right? And so supporting drainage, right? So there's a lot of things that we do to help counteract that. But I've never, and in fact, I don't want to see a patient just get better. I need a little die off to happen because it's doing something, right? Mm -hmm. I say, and then it's so hard to have that conversation with the patient saying, oh, you came to me to get better, but I'm going to actually make you feel worse first, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but a lot of people who come, I call it, to do what I do have been around the block because what I do is not usually the first thing people seek out because it's, you know, quote unquote weird. (laughs) And so it's, it's, you know, it's different that way too, but there is a way to slow down. I always tell patients, you know, if you're feeling way too crummy, more crummy than you have before for more than two days, you call, you email. And then what we do is we either slow down the process And then some people who want to keep pushing, we add more drainage, we add more support to it, and they usually get through it. But the trade-off through that process is they start having these days that are better than they've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem, though, is when you get days when you feel better than you have in a long time, when you feel icky again, it feels worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, so I know that you mentioned kind of in kind of easing some of that struggle or pain or some of those yeah. symptoms that they're feeling that does bio does have, um, like you mentioned the Herx formula or one for lymphatic drainage. Do you also take into account or include things like, I know kind of old trusty for the Lyme community. So coffee enemas and yeah. saunas, and do you have them do all of those kind of in conjunction with one another? Yeah, you bet. Dry brushing, rebounding, right? 100%. Like those, the first thing somebody, when they call and say that they're having and they're feeling icky, I I always say, are you doing those things? Are you doing your homework, right? Because if no matter what happens, if you don't do that, you are going to feel icky with it too. Yeah. So I always say we can't always uh, rely just on these products. You have to do some of your work with it too. So yeah, that is definitely something that we do too. In fact, one of the new things we're adding to our office here in two weeks is um, ozone and UBI IVs just to, just because we get those problem cases and I need something more, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely some people that definitely swear by their, their um, yeah. ozone machine for sure. Um, I think another thing you mentioned, like these formulas work, but you have to as well, right? So when it comes to some of that work, I know we mentioned kind of in the beginning of the podcast, nutrition. Right. Um, Is there like a a standard, like here are the things that you should, you know, consider eating, or is it on a case by case basis, depending on, you know, co-infections, mold, all those other things. Can you touch on nutrition a little bit? Yep. So it's hard. Um, Some Lyme patients can't eat anything, right? They just feel horrible with everything. So in the beginning, I say, eat what you can, like just feed your body. Even if it's junk right now, you've got to eat something, right? But eventually we work on those digestive issues because I don't know too many Lyme patients that don't have some sort of digestive issue, whether they know it or not. (laughs) And so, um, so yes, we definitely do some of that, but they, um, Sorry, I forgot where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the nutrition part is, you know, I always tell patients like the big things, the generic answer in the beginning is the less dairy, corn, soy, 
gluten and sugar you can eat, the better, right? Those are your big inflammatory foods. Mm-hmm. And I do have a weight as well when I, t- I test patients to see what foods they can't tolerate. And so I have vials with all kinds of foods and different food categories and different things that we use to kind of narrow some of that down too, because I do believe in the long-term healing of Lyme, you've got to have a great digestive system, right? There's your immune system. And so that is definitely one of those things that we focus, not in the, always in the beginning. I always, my philosophy is clean out the junk before you rebuild, right? If a tornado comes and blows down your house, you don't build a house on a crappy foundation. You got to clear it up and then rebuild it. And so a lot of these, right? So a lot of these vials and this killing is cleaning out, but you do got to rebuild too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely some specific advice, but it depends on the patient too, right? And some people it might be staying away from oxalates or nightshades, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the majority is the gluten, right? The dairy, the sugar type of idea that we just, just eat too much of anyway. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of thinking about all that you've accomplished um, from, from, you know, when you started with chiropractic to where you are now, what would you say, like, is your greatest accomplishment given like what you've done so far for all of these different patients? Cause it sounds like you've done a lot. I, that's really hard to say the greatest. Cause every day is a, there's always a win. <laughs> yes. I honestly, I will tell you too, just because of Lyme and, and I work with, I call all the weird things that people go to the doctors and they can't figure out, come to me now. I also work with a huge population of pandas and pants kids, which can be triggered and rooted in Lyme as well. And I will say you, my, my favorite things is getting those kids back. Like, I'm not going to lie just because I love adults. It's fine. Great. But it's the kids that really get me excited. And I get so emotional. And, and every time my mom comes and say, we're, we're back to normal, we're doing great. Like I get goosebumps and excited and I cheer because it's just fun. I love that. We need more people that are just as passionate as you are um, here in this field and community, especially when it comes to kids that have lost so much of parts of their lives that they're wanting to get back and that their parents are wanting to see them have. So, um, so I certainly appreciate that. Um, You know, this is a question I feel like I absolutely have to ask. So what has changed you fundamentally? Because when you look at this whole journey, it sounds like, you know, you started with a certain type of medicine, you moved to a completely different type of medicine, right? And you recognize that there was a huge change and you're filling a need, a very, very deep need for the community. So there's got to be some things that have maybe changed for you, like internally or fundamentally that have made you feel like I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So can you talk a little bit about what that, what that looks like for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like Um, this has been a huge lesson, even just in life to not be closed minded, right. To be open, to be willing to listen, to learn. Right. And I feel like that spills over and everything in my life now too. And, um, and it's just, um, yeah, like I said, and and it's definitely made me more compassionate, right. And understanding and listen, right. I mean, that's one thing I have definitely learned doing this is, I'm also doubling as a therapist (laughs) and that comes with the territory and so many people just need to listen. Right. And so I feel like I've become such a better listener, but I also know that when I spend um, my new patient appointments are about an hour and I'm testing and they're talking, but I just want them to talk. And so it's a great conversation to learn more about them, but it's amazing of how many details of things going on that they say that relate to their case that you would never know 
if you didn't just talk to them, right? And so, um, like I said, it's just made me become more of a better listener, right? Yeah. What are some of those details? I'm really curious that you mentioned that like you just wouldn't have known that probably factor into like the whole entire case. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an intake form, right? And people put their top three symptoms, right? And or whatever's going on, they list all their stuff. And, and it's interesting too, because even when I use my machine and I map out the meridians, I will ask questions based on the patterns. Has this happened? Has that happened? Right. Um, just because again, I'm a patterns person. <laughs> if I see the same pattern over and over again, that shows me the same thing. Like there's something to that pattern. It doesn't mean it's concrete, but there's something to it. Right. And so, you know, a, there's a huge example of this is like, um, um, like there's a pattern that I often see for strep that shows up and I'll have a lot of adults, you know, with, with Lyme that show the strep. And so it leads me to ask, you know, did you have problems with strep? Did you get strep a lot when you were a kid? And sure enough, they did. And now they have all these digestive issues because the strep is in the gut type of idea, right? So they're not always things, you know, they, they may not have put, and maybe they had a bunch of anxiety as a kid, but now it's constipation. <laughs> and so it still leads back to the same thing. So those are just, you know, that's a brief example of that too. Or um, I had a patient a while back that she was definitely, Lime and lime and all the things. And I was testing her. I was like, but you have such a pattern for mold. Like it just, you show, you show so moldy. <laughs> and she's like, well, <laughs> my house doesn't have mold and it doesn't. And I was like, okay, okay. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe it's not a priority for you or whatever. Well, the next time she came into the office, we were just visiting and she started telling me about her childhood and how she grew up in, a, in her home and there was mushrooms growing in the corner. Yeah, okay. she had, but she again was like, I'm not living in mold, therefore there's no mold, right? And so, like I said, it's just, you know, I listen to those little cues and those things that make me go, ah, light bulb moments, right? Yeah, what have you seen? Because I think it's, I, I would imagine it's very common for people to say, no, 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 there's no mold in my house. Absolutely yeah. not, right? Because part of it might also be a little bit of a pride thing, right? Of saying like, oh, oh yeah. mold in my house. I'm clean, right? It's clean. Exactly. So what have you seen? Like, I'm sure there's, a bunch of people saying, I don't have it. I don't have it. So how, how often do you see so many people saying like, you know what, that's not a problem for me. Like no matter what the test says, it's not a problem. A lot. (laughs) And I mean, and here's the problem here in the Midwest, we have mold in our hay and our crops. Mm. So in the fall, when they harvest those spores all go in our air. And so you don't even have to have it in your house. You just breathe that in and it colonates, right? And then opportunity arises, right? Um, a great example is I've had a family that I've been I've seen for a long time and she was mold and, or no, excuse me, mold. she had Lyme and all these other things showed up. And so we worked on the Lyme with the Desbio and did all that. And she did better, but there were just, she kept cycling back. Like we'd do better and then we just couldn't keep it there. And I'm like, this this is odd. And I kept saying, and mold kept showing up. I'm like, is there mold? She's like, no, no, no. Well, they finally did a garage sale and moved things out of their house. There was mold on the back of the boxes even. Oh my gosh. And this was right next to the, her daughter's room who'd been having all these lung and asthma problems. So it, right. So I see this a lot because everybody's like, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. But I, I have another family I work with. Same thing. Like we know. And she was pretty sure there was mold too, but all the tests, everything came back negative until they remodeled their kitchen and ripped up the floors and it was all black and fuzzy. Right. So it's a lot. And I will tell you, most of my Lyme patients show mold. 
Um, it's the chicken and the egg, though. Which one came first? I don't know. That's a good reference to use, the chicken or the egg, because nobody knows at this point, and it's probably a lot more widespread of a problem with regard to, to, to mold than many yeah. people will ever realize or feel comfortable admitting. <laughs> well, right. Um, and people can have Lyme and be okay, right? True. Mold's just one of those things, or so they think. <laughs> um, it just, mold is one of those things that suppresses the immune system and then lets it out, Right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anybody come in perhaps that isn't super symptomatic, but just out of curiosity, um, but they're testing positive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had, a, I had a case. Oh yeah. I've actually had quite a few. And usually what I tell people, I'm like, if it's showing up when I'm testing you, it's telling me it is stressing your body. You're just not seeing it yet. Mm-hmm. So I always say, if you want to tackle it, I will help you. But, but if your health starts tanking, don't go doctor shopping. It's Lyme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just don't eat around. The, it's Lyme. Okay. It's there. <laughs> yeah. I, even, I had a gentleman um, way back when I first started doing this that came to me just for acupuncture because he'd lost his sense of taste and he brewed and he crafts his own beer and he hated it because he could also now couldn't taste the beer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so we would, um, we would do the um, acupuncture and his taste would come back, but it only lasted two days. And I was, I got, I got mad. I was like, what is going on? So I tested him and it showed Lyme. We treated the Lyme and his taste was fine. Like that was it. No oh other red flags, right? Who would have thought? Yeah. Well, I, I haven't really heard too much of a loss of taste. So that's very interesting. Uh-huh. I think people- I- it sounds yep. like people these days tend to default to like, you know, COVID or something instead. Well, so. way, way before COVID even was oh, around. Okay. Okay. Way before okay. COVID. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I was going to say, these days, if you say loss of taste and smell, people look at you like, so you should wear a mask. <laughs> so, um, so this has been absolutely amazing. There's so much amazing information that you have. Um, and I want to ask, is there anything else that you want to make sure that you share with the Lyme community while you're on here? I just want to say, you know, don't give up. Look at different things, right? If something doesn't work, there's other options out there, right? Um, again, I've had so many patients who've come to my office that have done, you know, they did the antibiotics and the antibiotics might've been helping, but they don't want to stay on them. And then there was no alternative, right? Or the herbs might've helped temporarily. Uh, and then, you know, so just, you have to keep moving and trying different things to find what works and works great for your body. I've had a lot of success with the Desbio protocol. And like I said, I mix in other things as well, because nobody's the same. Um, but there's something out there and not to give up hope because you will find your answers. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great message. The last question, which is always different for every podcast, right? So oh. for this one, I get to, I get to mastermind what the question is. So the question this time is, uh, what do you wish people knew more broadly about Lyme disease? Because I think there's a whole lot of either, you know, well, honestly, a very, very little amount of information. Um, so what do you wish people knew, um, whether they have it, whether they're in areas that are considered, you know, where it's prevalent, um, what do you wish they knew? Honestly, especially in my area, and this is so frustrating for me that it's not just deer ticks. Cause I get, again, a Facebook mom groups, right? Everybody's like, Oh, they put their picture of their kid getting bit by a tick. And they're like, Oh, that's a, this tick. It, it, they won't have Lyme. Cause I'm just like, ah, that is so outdated information. Right. And 
It's all of those things that bite can do it. And so I think that is my biggest thing that I wish people knew because then they would be more proactive about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I, I will tell you that's something I did not know myself. Um, yeah. Is that really any vector that can bite you? Mm-hmm. It's fair game. Right. And I think too, kind of to tack onto that, um, how long they've been on you or how long since they have bitten. I don't know, but that's something that people should say, oh, well, it's only been X amount of time. No, 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 no. Get it tested. (laughs) (laughs) Don't rely on that. So, um, well, so lastly, I want to ask, like, how can people get in touch with you if they wish to work with you? Yep. So my office is Holistic Health. We're in West Des Moines. Um, My website is holistichealthiowa.com. I do work virtually with patients as well. Um, but yeah, that's basically the best way to get in touch with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shannon White, um, for this interview. Thank you so much for sharing this valuable information. And um, I'm going to pass it right off to Rich. Well, and and I want to I want to thank you as well, Dr. White, for uh, joining us here at Tech Boot Camp. It's uh, been wonderful to hear uh, specifically uh, about the unique protocols that you're using, at least unique to our community. And uh, as always, I, I, I can't thank Tara Smith enough for uh, stepping in and helping us with uh, with hosting this podcast. So thank you both for taking time away from your families uh, and from your uh, from your Friday night in order to be able to share this uh, great interview and great information with our community. Yeah, thank you for having me.